Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. In today's episode, uh, you'll listen to Paul Singh in discussion with our guest of the day regarding the role of PR in global business for startups. Our host today, Paul Singh, is the CEO of Startup Strategies, where he advises various startups on how to grow their business. He's also an adjunct professor of entrepreneurship at Northeastern University. He's a successful entrepreneur and has sold three companies and taken one public. He's also has a good mix of corporate experience along with his entrepreneurial skills and ventures. He has worked for over 20 years in various areas, including M&A, business development and marketing. Over to Paul. Well, welcome to another episode of Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. As we said this season, we are talking about uh, the various issues uh, that concern startups. And today we're going to tackle the issue of PR. Uh, this is your co-host, R. Paul Singh. And today I have with me a very special guest, uh, Jessica Hassan. Uh, she is the CEO of Pulp PR. And Hi there. <laughs> Hi, Jessica. And uh, uh, Jessica is the CEO and founder of Pulp PR, and he's be, she's been working with uh, various uh, startups as well as uh, individuals like Will I Am and uh, you know a lot of other uh, both consumer as well as B two B companies mm-hmm. uh, for the last fifteen years. Uh, she was actually named the PR Professional of the Year by PR Week in twenty seventeen, and. Uh, They've done various campaigns. Uh, in fact, they got one award in 2018 itself uh, called the Gold Bulldog Award for Best Technology Campaign. And it looks like they've been getting a lot of awards uh, for the campaigns they've done the last few years. So congratulations, mm-hmm. Jessica. Thank you. We've been um, very blessed. <laughs> that's good. Um, so Jessica, before we get started, why don't I turn over to you and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what PR is so that, um, you know, we'll, we'll start with that and then we'll uh, progress our way to talking mm-hmm. about the global business and how you've been helping the global business. Well, PR makes you famous, you know, that's, that's what PR is. No, I'm kidding. Um, PR is, is really a combination of communication and awareness. So our goal in PR is to really tell the stories of the startups. And it differs from, you know, the regular disciplines within marketing, like advertising and branding and the bigger picture, um, very practical way of explaining your company um, to your customers or your consumers. Um, PR takes a step back and says, okay, what's underneath that? How do we tell a different story to a particular audience in a different light? So it takes a lot of communication skills. Um, We work kind of as a sharpening stone for startups to help them narrow in on what specifically is attractive to their market. And because we know that, we work with reporters that are setting these trends that are talking about the market constantly. So we have really keen insight in those different industries. So over the last six years, we've worked with over 20, or sorry, over, we won over 20 awards and we worked with over 1,000 startups. We've garnered about 100,000 media hits. Um, and work with companies in over 20 countries around the world. So we have a pretty good understanding of the space. Uh, interesting. You said you've worked with thousand startups all mm-hmm. this time. So that's, that's uh, a very large number. So I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you will have some uh, success stories you can share with us. So uh, absolutely kind of understand what the impact is. Well, sure. Absolutely. I mean, from my perspective, I've worked with so many amazing companies that the most successful companies in my mind are the ones that are not necessarily the ones you read about every single day, but they're the ones that have, you know, good market share or have grown so much since we started working with them. Um, but we do have a few rock stars, of course, in our roster. I mean, we launched Rotomatic. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but they are the robot that creates rotis and they were everywhere from New York Times to the Today Show. So 
they're pretty well known in the space. They came to us unknown and we had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of messaging to work on and a lot of stories to be able to tell behind it because they had such an interesting fabric um, in their story. So we worked with them to figure out, okay, well, there are a couple that are creating this product. And then, you know, the woman happens, the wife happens to be an engineer. So that's an interesting angle. And just kind of looking at the company from a 360 perspective versus, you know, oh, it's a robot. It creates rarities. There, there you go. Go to market, which is a big enough story as it is. But with them, it was fun to play, play around a little bit more with, you know, the nuance of their bigger, bigger picture stories. So, um, Yeah. Because, yeah, okay. um, you know, in fact, my wife ended up buying one too. So <laughs> there you go. We launched them at Pulp. They were one of our one of our marquee accounts. Um, we also work with Hanson Robotics with the Sophia the Robot. So we did a huge campaign for them, um, focusing on the U.S. market as well as um, technology and concern. We had them on the Daily Show, and we had them, you know, Fox and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we've worked with the big boys and we launched Mezzi, which just got acquired by Amex last year. Um, but I think my favorite one, and I shouldn't say this because they're all my favorites in the end, but I think my favorite campaign that we did was for a company known as Shapeways. Mm-hmm. They came to the market. They came with us in 2007 and they were in stealth mode. No one had heard of them. 3D printing wasn't very big at that moment and what they wanted to do was bring 3d printing to the masses so they wanted to create an on-demand marketplace for 3d printing and nobody even knew what 3d printing was so we had to first educate the market so we started engaging with people that knew what 3d printing was you have to first that's a key with prs you have to first say okay who is our core market who are going to be our early adopters who are people that actually understand what we're talking about so you take that first step and you say, okay, we identified 3D designers. They know what this is. They've dreamt about having a 3D printer because they weren't really that many do-it-yourself 3D printers back then. And we engaged with them. We went to their conferences. We put out, you know, special promotions for them. We engaged with them because we wanted them to create products that people could see how cool 3D printing was. So they could actually become the prototypes. They could be the, the showcase for this new concept idea. And from there, we were able to get them on the Today Show and the Tonight Show, New York Times, you name it, because we had these amazing creations that came out of the 3D world. And then 3D trends, you know, 3D printing became a bigger trend and people started understanding what the concept was. So... Definitely so, Shapeways is one of my favorites. <laughs> is it fair to say that, uh, you know, just like we always say that it is about the story, so uh, mm-hmm. PR is about helping you craft and communicate the story? Yeah, and, and, tell, and understanding which audience is your ultimate target or at least who are going to be your first early adopters. Or if you're more established, who are going to be the next people that, that, that branch outside of that, that'll get it. Because, you know, if you're trying to sell apples to someone who doesn't eat fruits, it's, it's kind of ridiculous at this point. Or, you know, you're, you're trying to sell meat to a vegan, it's, it's not going to work. But if you start talking to people that speak your own language, that understand the importance of what you're doing, and can get behind you and get passionate about it. Um, that that's the key, and then telling the story to them that's relevant to them. <laughs> that's really important in PR relevancy. But I, I would think that a lot of startups, when they come to you, uh, mm-hmm. they probably don't even know what their story really is. Some yeah. probably know it too well. Yeah. So how do you how do you kind of work with you know? the startups that come into you, maybe they have a story which you don't agree with. So how do you communicate and get them to really figure out that what should their story be? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of companies that come with very generic storylines. So they come from the perspective of, well, we solve everything. Um, And I think the key, and this is the difference with working with a smaller agency or a boutique agency like Pulp, because 
you actually talk to the people that have been in this industry for 15, 20 years, and we know it. Um, so we come in as a partner more so than an actual, you know, just, just an agency that you're hiring. So we help craft those messages. We'll sit down with CEOs and heads of marketing and say, okay, <laughs> what do we got? What are, what, are, what, are, what are you actually doing? What's happening in the marketplace? And how do we better fit this um, into the bigger picture? Because as much as I love entrepreneurs, and I mean, that's why I started Pulp is because I love working with entrepreneurs because of their passion and their enthusiasm. And they get so excited. And as much as they think they might have, you know, the next thing to cure cancer, it's ultimately, um, it's really about honing in and, and tampering their um, overzealous opinion of their own company a little bit. Um, PR is definitely about painting a beautiful picture, but we have to have actual objects to be able to paint that picture that are grounded in reality a little bit. Um, so when working with CEOs, I, I ask them specifically, what do they know? <laughs> I ask for their three notes. What do you know your market? And if they don't, then we start looking at their competitors and we help put together kind of the market picture. And I said, you know what you want to actually achieve? <laughs> like, what problem are you solving? What are you doing? How are you going to actually fix whatever issue you think is hitting this market? And, and then I asked, what are your objectives? Like, some companies come to me and don't understand kind of the scope of what PR is um, and what our limitations are, but also what our, you know, our capabilities are. So I say, okay, well, we work a little different than most agencies. We say, okay, let's set objectives and key results and go back to the old KPIs. <laughs> Business school comes back up. But you have to say, okay, look, as with anything in a startup, there has to be quantifiable objective results. And PR is, falls into all of the other categories. You wouldn't just give a programmer, you know, a wish list and say, here, go fix, go, go, go build it. I mean, the same thing comes with PR. We have to work together and it has to be collaborative. But at the end of the day, we have to say, okay, we've worked for four months on this. What are we hoping to achieve? Mm. So I, I really want entrepreneurs before they even think about engaging with PR, um, identify your market, <laughs> know what you want to um, solve and what your key differentials are, and then think about what you want to achieve. And if you don't quite know, that's fine. But you can come in with kind of an understanding of, well, I mean, if you come in and say, I want to be on the cover of New York Times, I'll say, well, did Sergio buy your burger for $300,000 or Bill Gates invest in your company? Because otherwise it's not going to really happen. Um, you have to be able to come in with realistic expectations and look at what your competitors are doing um, from a PR perspective. So you're saying that a lot of times it, it's also about the expectation management as far as startups are concerned because mm -hmm. many of the startups would come in and expect like in, in a day that you're <laughs> somehow a magician and you're going to put them on the front page of every newspaper, but yeah. it's not always feasible, obviously. Well, no, and also it's not necessarily the best result from a campaign. I mean, like I mentioned, when, with Shapeways, particularly prime example, if we'd gone straight to USA Today and said, hey, we've got this amazing company that's doing 3D printing and, and all of this kind of stuff, and they did a great article on them, it wouldn't have converted or created the, the trend that we were able to do by building the momentum through the network that knew who they were and understood what they were doing. So... It's not necessarily the best result. Yeah, it's, it's kind of about just like you select your target customers, you have to select mm -hmm. your target publication and target media. And yep. that's what it is about. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a quick break, but I just want to mm -hmm. summarize what we just talked about is what PR is and what its role is. And now we're going to come back and uh, talk more about the global um, aspect of PR. Perfect. Um, and so we will be back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back. Um, we have here with us Jessica Hilson uh, talking about PR and its uh, impact for the global business. Um, so in the last section, we talked a little bit about the definition of PR, what PR is, especially to a startup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so PR is about crafting the message, about delivering the message, about communicating that message and finding the right audience to communicate to as well. Um, so Jessica, I understand that you have been doing a lot of, uh, PR boot camps globally. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of mentorship, um, with early stage startups and we put together a program called PR bootcamp. Um, and we partnered with various VCs around the world. We've done boot camps with Nexus and with Google Ventures um, a ton of incubators. Um, basically, we saw a pattern when we work with really early stage, first level investment, seed round, a series A um, companies. We saw a pattern that they weren't quite prepared or understood scope abilities of um, what PR can do for their company. So we meet with... Um, portfolio companies all over the world. We've put on about 20 of these now, um, various countries all over Europe, all throughout India. We have a whole three-week series where we were going to every, every city in India, basically, that had an e-tech startup. So we were in Bangalore and Pune and Mumbai and Delhi and Chennai and you name it. We were all over. Um, and basically had like a three-hour session where we sat down with the companies and said, okay, you know, basics, you know, do you know what your market is. <laughs> Do you know what your message is in the bigger picture and how you fit into that bigger picture? And do you know, you know, what you want to achieve with PR? And here's some things that you can achieve with PR and here are some things that you cannot. And so, yeah, it's been a great, great, you know, two years that we've been doing this. Um, we've got some coming up um, in October in Madrid and then in Israel. Um, and we'll be in... Let's see, we'll be back in the United States from New York um, in the fall. So we, we do this as a thank you, kind of. We don't charge anything for this. Entrepreneurs are free to come. Um, it's kind of our way to say thank you to the tech community for all you've done here. Let us help you figure out your way before you engage with any PR firm or hire any PR person. Um, just kind of give you the basic tools to succeed. So, um, so if I am a startup and I really want to attend one of your boot camps. Sure. Uh, what should I do? Um, go to pulppr.com slash bootcamp. It's pretty easy. Pulppr.com slash bootcamp. And then you can uh, basically register and you will know all the schedules of when you're doing a particular yep. thing. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's really good. And I, I'm sure, you know, a lot of the startups listening in here um, globally would want to do that. 
Um, mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's since you have been doing this PR bootcamp everywhere, I'm just curious. What differences do you see in the PR? Um, you know, both awareness and how PR is done. So let's first talk about the awareness that various entrepreneurs in various countries have about PR and its role. Mm-hmm. What are the differences that you see between, you know, various countries or continents or whichever way you want to talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> every market is, is wildly different. Um, so, and the way that Startups work with press is wildly different. So in India, I'll say it's pretty straightforward to do press. Um, We've been doing press in India probably about ever since we started. We launched in Ghana, which got acquired by RDO and then Pandora. So that was kind of our foray into this this crazy global world. Um, But India is very much about one showcase startups. The U.S. very much about wanting to criticize and critique startups. Um, Europe is really focused on um, big business and big picture, I find, um, from press perspective. So first question out of most reporters out of Europe will be, well, who, you know, for B2B, who are your, who's your biggest customer? <laughs> and then for B2C, how many users do you have? Um, or what's, what's your, you know, how many sales have you made? So um, they're very market focused. <laughs> Japan is all about in, in the, some of the Asia countries like China, Hong Kong, Singapore. It's um, very much about their country. So you'll notice, I mean, and this is something I recommend for all startups across the board is if you want to enter a market, you need to localize. So you need to have person in some way, shape, or form, or a business partner, or a customer, or something in that market, because if you try to enter that market without that tool, from a PR perspective, you're not going to be successful. So whenever I talk to customers, with clients, I say, okay, look, you want to you have an Asia campaign. My first recommendation is to identify your easiest markets, and then do an ad campaign. Start building up some brand awareness. Get a couple customers or get a few users. That's when advertising comes in the best. When you have zero presence and zero knowledge of the marketplace, you can actually, you know, throw some money at advertising and throw some money at, you know, various conferences or various activities happening in that country without the need of having some credible connection to that country. Um, You can participate at conferences, advertising, Anything that's uh, on the surface. So uh, it's kind of interesting. So you mentioned that uh, one of the key, if I were to say it, is that uh, basically everybody's looking for, you know, localization, i.e. what have Mm -hmm. you done in our country before you start to launch here in a big way. And uh, something that I did not expect, uh, you know, I thought PR was my first uh, marketing dollar and you just said, no, 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 first advertise. Uh, that's yeah. kind of unique. I've never heard a PR person say that you advertise first with <laughs> PR. So, uh, so tell me more. Yeah, well, I, I think, so it depends on the, on the situation. So if it's local in your country, PR is totally the, the right step because you're local, you're there, you have raised funding, then that's your first phase. For sure. But if you're trying to enter into a different market, I mean, even in the U.S., you need to acquire some kind of relevancy for that market before PR can be even effective. So, you know, we just rolled out a campaign for a U.S.-based company that was expanding to Japan. And the key there, of course, we were at Pope, we have partners in all the countries that I've just mentioned that we've worked with for years. And they'll say this same thing that I'm saying in all countries across the board. So who's your local person? So who's your local contact? Who's your local partner? Who's your local anything that can talk And without that, your PR becomes vastly ineffective for any kind of penetration in the market. You could throw a press release out on the wire. It's going to you know, get some syndication and maybe raise a little bit of awareness, but it's not going to be an effective communications campaign for that particular market. Um, so it's, it, yeah, I always, I say lean into user acquisition or customer acquisition for a new market 
if you're already established in your own market um, before doing anything else. So. so you're saying that even if when you go in and you want to launch a product mm-hmm. in any country, the first thing even press is going to look for is what kind of customer references you have. Uh, and yeah. So- or if you have a local office, like if you're legitimately entering a market, you likely should probably have a local person there. Um, that would be the first assumption um, that anyone would have. So, yeah, I mean, especially for the B space, you absolutely need to have some kind of pre-existing connection to that country. It, it's, I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense because while products are becoming more and more globalized across the board and your companies are becoming more and more, well, the world is my audience. Um, everybody still needs to have that connection to that company. You still have to have that apple pie for the United States. You still have to have, you know, some kind of localized connection. But I, I thought we are entering a business. Like if I am a SaaS company, I, mm-hmm. you know, get customers almost everywhere. And so, yeah. Why do I need to do PR with a local office? No, you don't have to do, well, you don't have to physically do, like I said, you have, there's three things that you can do to localize. You can open an office and have a local person. You can have a partner that you're partnering with in that particular country, or you can have a customer that's a marquee customer to talk about what you're doing in that country. But you have to have one of those three points because you don't have no, it, it's like, Unless you're Cisco or unless you're, you know, Apple or Google or whatever, and you already have a global presence, they don't know you from Sam. Mm. So it's, it's really about being able to tie it into that country. Um, you can get into trend reports. You can get in, like I said, there are, there are minor ways to get into the country from a media perspective, but it's not the most effective way. It, it truly isn't. And I, I, I see it as a, you know, a mistake that a lot of startups do that they come to me first. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Do you have a customer? Do you have a partner? Are you opening an office? Or do you, even if it's a co-working space, are you going to a conference? Is there something there that is a reason for the media for you and meet with you? Because there's 5,000 other startups, the exact same thing that happen to be based in their country that they're going to cover before they cover you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so I think this is this is a, a good way to understand for startups that if you want to mm-hmm. launch in any country, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the press in that country is looking for an interest for their audience, and so they are interested to know what kind of customer traction do you have in this country, or what kind of a presence are you establishing in that mm-hmm. country, and this is something that uh, you know all of us. Uh, you know, in startups who are trying to launch globally need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trying to get an early customer or trying to get uh, some kind of a presence is really, really helpful. And we are going to, we're coming to the end of this uh, section. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to come back uh, in, uh, you know, just after the break and we'll talk more about it. So thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America.
Welcome back. Um, we are talking about uh, PR and its role in the global business with Jessica Hessen. Uh, so today, uh, in the last sections, we talked about uh, the global PR bootcamp that Jessica and her company, Pulp PR, is running and how a lot of startups can participate in that. And we talked a little bit about launching uh, yourself in the other global markets. And uh, maybe I can start with asking uh, Jessica about if a, a company which is outside the U.S., when they want to enter the U.S., are there any different rules that they should know about as far as PR is concerned? And what should they be aware of? Sure. Well, it, it depends on what market they're coming in from. So, for example, if they're coming in from India, um, press in India tend to be very um, friendly. <laughs> um, the U.S. press are much more cynical. So, if you've done press in your home country and, you know, it's been pretty straightforward and pretty even smaller countries, you know, like Hong Kong, or, well, China is bigger, but, you know, like Singapore, for example, they love to feature their companies and startups. And it's still kind of a newer, like, evolution or, I don't know, they're, they're a little earlier in their evolution, evolutionary stage as far as startups and companies and, I don't know, just in general, it's a little bit easier in those countries. Um, the U.S., you have to come in guns blazing and you have to have a market disruptor um, that is clearly defined and differentiated against your U.S. competitors. And goes back to also you need to have some kind of U.S. tie, whether it's an office or a partner or customers or venture capital from the U.S., you need to have that localized connection specifically for the U.S. market. Um, but yeah. I, would, I would think that, um, you know, there are a lot of other similar new products that are already available in the U.S., so mm -hmm. it probably puts a little bit more stress on a, a you know, foreign company coming into the U.S. and hoping that they can come in gun blazing because it may not always work. Well, gun blazing in the perspective of you need to be able to really blow the comp competition out of the water. Otherwise, why are you coming to the U.S. market? Like if your product isn't clearly better than the leader in that market or has some key core differentials that you can talk about, then, then why are you coming to the U.S.? Hmm. It's a very expensive market, too. You have to realize that as well, is that PR, advertising, all of that is like 10x the cost of other countries, um, usually. Just because there's a lot more startups, there's a lot more funding, there's a lot more people competing in this space. Um, so <laughs> have a very large when you kind of think about the U.S. market. I mean, not, not massive, but it's, it's definitely, you know, substantially increased from their local markets. Well, but for startups, I think U.S. is a big market, right? So they all want to come mm -hmm. into the U.S. market because our market size is big, but your uh, comment that just because the market size is big, there is also big competition. So be prepared uh, mm -hmm. to stay in the market and spend a good amount of money before you will get any output, essentially. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, unless you have clear differentials um, from a PR perspective. Now, this doesn't, this, this, of course, like, this doesn't apply to, I mean, if you want to come to the U.S., come to the U.S., you might be able to attend 20 conferences and pick up 10 customers and then come to PR and say, hey, guess what? I've just signed 10 customers in the U.S. Let's do PR. Great. Now you have a localized connection. So, I mean, I, I think there's phases that you can enter a market into. I just, it, the, the, the phase for which you bring in PR is going to heavily depend on what you do before that. So, if you've, yeah. So, it's, it's kind of interesting because I used to think as a startup person that I should, you know, do PR right away. But, so, what is the right time for me to do mm -hmm. PR? 
Well, when you have um, the three no's, <laughs> when you know your market and you know your differentials and you know what your objectives are. Um, if you need PR to raise investor awareness, if you need PR to, um, you know, don't bring in PR as a, a complete solution for any kind of market uh, marketing plan. Um, use it as a very powerful hammer um, and tool in your in your set to be able to amplify your message, but. <laughs> In the end, I mean, PR, we have great capabilities and it is a, in my opinion, I think it needs to be a core part of any startups um, marketing matrix. But at the end of the day, you have to take a step back and say, okay, what can we actually say? Are there anything interesting, especially from a global perspective, is there anything particularly interesting that we do or that we've partnered with in this market. Um, otherwise, it's not going to be effective. You're going to put a lot of money against it, and then you're going to sit back and say, okay, well, what's the results? And, you know, that's why I won't take on clients at the firm that don't have a clear story um, that we can tell, that don't have a, um, just, just their, their, act in order as far as their marketing plan. Um, we'll help them get there, but you don't want to come on to a full agency without having a better understanding of what you're doing. So it's kind of interesting. So you mentioned that uh, PR should be looked at as kind of a part of an overall marketing strategy and not mm -hmm. by itself. And uh, you mentioned a little bit about KPI and, you know, the key performance indicator. Mm -hmm. And I thought PR, there was no KPI. So <laughs> what is a KPI for PR? How should I measure that? Yeah, absolutely. So you, we, take it, we take a little bit of a side route on the KPI perspective and we put together objectives and key results. So for example, for a SaaS company, we say, okay, we know that their market is going to be small businesses that are lawyer focused or service focused. Okay. What are the publications? Here are four of them. Okay, we have three customer stories that we can tell. Here are the four publications that we're going to target. Our goal is to get two of those. So you can actually quantify PR at the end of the day. Um, PR agencies won't want to do that, and they usually don't. Um, but it's, I think it's important for in the startup community, you have to show results. You can't just say, well, we've spent $12,000 on a four month campaign and we have a press kit. Well, congratulations. You have no results. Um, you know, and you can put against analyst briefings. You can put it against, you know, bigger picture. You want to be quoted in three trend stories. I mean, you can get really micro in, the overall thing, but you have to take, you have to say, okay, what's the goal of this? Are we raising awareness in this particular industry? Are we looking at a broader, you know, VC awareness? Are we looking at a broader tech awareness? You know, and then how do we break those down? But you have to, you have to put some objectives against PR. <laughs> Otherwise it's, it's a waste. So you're saying, you know, it's important to set your objective. Yep. And also know how you're going to measure whether that mm -hmm. objective was achieved or not, i.e., you know, if I am, say, tracking my digital marketing and I want to see how many uh, clicks am I getting or whatever mm -hmm. the goal might be, mm -hmm. that you need to have a way to measure uh, the mm -hmm. results as well. And only then, you know, you will know whether your campaign or the uh, effort or money you're putting into PR or, for that matter, anything in marketing yeah. Going to uh, be valuable or not. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So, um, so I've decided, so you, so there is a certain time for PR we talked about. We talked mm -hmm. about PR being a, you know, part of an overall marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. Now I've decided I want to do PR. I'm ready. Uh, you know, I have some customer references. I know exactly my story and, uh, or at least some story that can be molded properly. Mm -hmm. Um, should I do PR myself? Why, why should I not, you know, why should I hire somebody like, mm -hmm. you know, Pulp or for that matter, any other agency? Right. What's with me doing it myself? Because, you know, today's age, I can find out the name of the report. <laughs> everything else. So, yeah, go, go try that. <laughs> um, I, I don't recommend 
yeah, in-house. And now I say this with a caveat. I think in-house is fantastically effective when you are a large organization, when you are even a mid-sized organization, because then you're able to hire a senior person that has 15 years experience, that knows what the industry is, that has all the media contacts. And even then, they'll likely bring in an agency to help supplement their contacts. Because at the end of the day, PR is two things. It's communication and it's relationships. So I have an entire network myself, but my whole media pitching team has vast network. It extends far beyond my work. So even if you just brought me in personally, like someone like me in personally into your house, you still wouldn't be able to tap into that larger network. Um, so for a startup, especially when they have um, just haven't quite come out into the marketplace and don't have the budget to hire a $250,000 a year publicist in-house, um, or even to do it themselves, I mean, PR is a very time-consuming and relationship-focused um, industry. It's not, not, yeah, it's not just a matter yeah, it's just not just a matter of flipping a switch on Facebook ads, which, you know, people can do. You can definitely do your own, you know, you can, you can play around with it. It may waste more money than actually result in anything if you don't hire someone with expertise. But, you know, you can do your own advertising a little bit. PR is a little bit different because you have to have, one, the knowledge of the industry and the ability to communicate the messages clearly to the media. Um, in a way that you know that they're going to want to receive it. But you also have to think about the relationship that these people have. I mean, my, my team has cumulatively like 100 years of relationships that they've built up. So, so Jessica, we'll be back uh, soon uh, after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. All right, welcome back. Um, we are talking with uh, Jessica Hessen uh, from Pulp PR. And uh, we were talking before the break about uh, the role of hiring a PR agency for a startup. And uh, Jessica was talking about how uh, what is really important is you're buying the network. You're buying the public relation network of the agency uh, because agency has not one but many people who are engaged um, in you know, constant communication with various uh, uh, press people in the industry. And that's what you're buying, which is something very hard for a startup to have already in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's what it is about, so Jessica, if I am a startup and I want to launch, you know, say in three different countries, uh, should I go ahead and hire one agency which will take care of it or am I better off hiring locally? Well, it depends on how much time you have. I mean, honestly, um, I 
I work with a lot of startups that are looking to enter into multiple markets. And what I do is because of my connections in the industry, I work with partners that are localized. Because pitching from the U.S. to, you know, China is not exactly the best way to do it. So you really want to have on-the-ground people that have those connections. So we partner with agencies that are local or we partner with consultants that have a particular network that we're looking to tap into. Um, and we have these connections in over 20 countries. And there are agencies that do this. They have a global um, connection of networks. And that way you have one person, one agency handling your communications. You make sure that everything is going smoothly. And they're your touch point to the network of agencies. I mean, we, we represented RDO before they got acquired by Pandora for a few years where we handled their entire global market for PR and communications. And we worked with all of the partner agencies in over, I think it was like 30 countries, which was mm-hmm. just insane. <laughs> it was a crazy, a crazy, mm-hmm. you know, big, big, big campaign. And the key there was that they wanted to have one localized person that could be able to communicate this particular announcement or handle initiatives from a global perspective. Because if you don't have that touch point, you are basically playing, you know, uh, relay to all of these other agencies constantly. You're being the, the you have a very big time suck then. Got it. So, so I, I think that's that's a good good thought. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, if I look at the way, you know, these days startups become global almost instantly, right? It is so much easier because of internet and mobile and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure the PR has undergone some major changes as far as that is concerned as well. Uh, so, what what have you seen, and what? What should startups do really differently in today's world versus what they used to do in the past? Well, we don't fax newsrooms anymore at four o'clock in the morning, so that's a plus. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we used to do that back in the day. We'd have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and or two o'clock in the morning, depending on the time zone. Um, I think from a global perspective, I mean, like I think that you have to look at your messaging, you have to look at your your bigger company objectives from a global perspective because it can, you do have a global market now are, you know, globalized for the most part. So PR has to look at it the same way. And, you know, we always used to say, Oh, we got to leave with the U S the U S media is going to push this from a global perspective, but not so much anymore. Not necessarily. So, um, it, you know, you, if from PR, we have to put together strategies based on where the customers are, where your objectives are, um, where your stories are, um, and they can be in any market across the board. So it doesn't have to necessarily focus on one particular market at a time. And, and you have to have those connections and networks. And that's one thing I highly recommend any startup that's looking for a PR agency and you do have global ambitions and you're not just focusing on one market, look at those that say that do have the network and that connection to other um, agencies and other partners all over the world. So that way you can just stay with them when you want to expand to a different market without having to restart with another agency um, mm-hmm. after the initial campaign. Now you mentioned, um, you know, once upon a time, we used to have different messaging for different countries, but mm-hmm. in the age of internet, I don't think that's even possible. Uh, so <laughs> even harder to yeah. get the message, right? Well, I mean, I, you do, you do have, a, you have to localize it a little bit. Like, like mentioned earlier, we did a, just did a rollout campaign in Japan and the turn of phrases, and the various uh, messaging had to be either shifted or softened, but we had a core message that we knew we wanted to get out. And so all the little messages were localized and all the different positionings were localized for that market. So, but we we kept on to that core, the heart of the story um, and just put a different light on it for the different markets. So it, it is impossible to have completely different messages for each market at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely can shade it differently, especially with language translation. I mean, you can't expect to put an English release in, uh, you know, in Thailand. You have to be able to communicate it in their um, dialect and then also in, in their turn of phrase. So the, the way that they position things. Mm, that's a, that, that is definitely um, a good thing. So let mm-hmm. me, you know, we are coming uh, pretty close to the end of this and I just want to mm-hmm. uh, take a minute to sort of, um, you know, re uh, talk a little bit about some of the points that we raised before, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, PR is as global as everything else. And, you know, for a company from the U.S. going abroad or from a company from abroad coming into the U.S., the challenges are pretty much similar. And that is trying to figure out what message is going to resonate with the audience and obviously knowing what your audience is and then crafting a story, a story that really resonates uh, with your target audience and therefore figuring it out as to what is the right way to communicate with that audience in each particular country. And so doing your messaging right is really important. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned about the PR boot camps that you guys are doing everywhere, uh, which is a free social service that you're offering to startups that they should leverage by uh, going to pulppr.com slash bootcamps. And so, um, what are the other things as you see the PR word evolving and changing uh, that you would like to give some closing thoughts to um, our mm-hmm. audience? Well, I, I think PR is becoming much more agile than it ever was, um, especially for startup communities and for um, technology publications. And, uh, you know, just there was a huge dust just a huge ruckus when all the blogs came onto the market and all these people were writing and constant 24 hour news cycle. And now we finally, the dust is settling and we're seeing the leaders and the, the people that are important in the industry that are leading the trends, the writers. So I, I think in the future, I mean, it's going to go back most to the basics mm-hmm. um, where you're not mail merging. God, please. If anyone does PR on their own, that's my one leaving thought. Don't mail merge to reporters. They will hate you and your company forever and a day. Um, right. No mass blast. That's yeah, a good that's closing one. thought. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm.